Okay, and welcome everybody to this episode. And this week I am joined by the very lovely Ruth. Ruth, if you could give us an instruction and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, that would be great. Okay, my name is Ruth Grint and I am a baby wearing consultant. So I am trained in helping people to find a sling that they love and to carry their little ones confidently, comfortably and above all safely. I'm able to do that. Um, I run online courses where you can sort of dip in and out of that. I um, sell slings, which is amazing because I get to do like online shopping, but for other people, which is awesome. And I also run Wirral Sling Library in my local area. So that's doing face-to-face support. And when I'm not doing that, I work in the NHS. A woman that wears many hats. Many, many hats, yes. Many literally. helpful, many helpful and useful <laughs> hats, may I might, might add. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, Ruth. Thank you so much. And um, we'll go on and talk about kind of sling wearing as we go on. Um, but first of all, if you could just give us, because um, obviously you've got two little boys. So if you I could kind of say kind of how old they are and just give me kind of your... I know your first one's a little bit older, but if you can cast your mind back to newborn stage and give everyone a little bit, bit of an idea of how that was for you. Yeah. So Matthew is five and a half and um, I'd had a really difficult pregnancy with him in that my mental health had really deteriorated. I had severe depression and anxiety and I really wasn't looking forward to him actually being here because I felt no connection with him. You know, everybody said, oh, you'll feel, you'll be glowing. Who made that up? Nobody glows. You'll be glowing. You'll be like feeling amazing. You'll be connected with your baby and all this sort of stuff. And then when he arrived, it, it I felt immediately better, but I was still left with this little bundle. And you think, what am I doing? No, nothing prepares you for what it's actually like when this physical bundle is here. You know, you, you've seen you know, books with schedules in of when they should do this, you know, they have milk, you know, they feed it this time, they sleep at this time. And you imagine that that's all the babies do. They just feed and sleep, don't they? And actually realizing that each baby is completely different and that they, they haven't read the book. Um, it's, it was, it's quite a transition. You know, you assume that they're just going to lie down in a Moses basket and sleep contentedly all the time. And it's that you're going to spend the rest of the time eating coffee and, uh, drinking coffee and eating cake it's gonna be fab and realizing that life with a newborn isn't like that um it was it was quite a transition um Matthew had very severe reflux um we had hospital visits ANA everything um problems with weight gain and so it was quite a stressful time from a practical point of view um but it indirect it brought us to slings um so for that I'll in a way be eternally grateful because the only thing that helped Matthew was to hold him upright um during feeds and after feeds and you know I very soon realized you can't do that with your hands and that's where someone suggested to get a sling which I sort of thought about but maybe for later down the line but actually using it in those early days was was key um, to helping Matthew to keep his milk down rather than over meat. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it does feel like a very, very long time ago, but talking about it just comes, it comes flooding back. It does, doesn't it? It's, it's really strange. And it's so true what you say, because when um, the first night home from the hospital, I just assumed that we'd all go up to bed at like nine or 10 o'clock, 
and I'd lay my little boy down in the Moses basket and he'd sleep for a little while and then he'd get up and have a feed and then he'd go back to sleep. And the minute I tried to lay him down in his Moses basket, he was like, nah, nah, nah. nope. I'm not doing it. And I was like, oh, but this is what I see either on TV, in the films and no one around you tells you otherwise. They don't say, oh, by the way, your baby might be really fussy or not be able to settle when they're born you just assume that like you say you can just lay them down and they'll sleep and yeah sure they'll wake up to feed because they're a newborn but you know that they must sleep at some point um and when he didn't I was like oh so what what do I do now because no one has said anything about this um and really similar to you as well Jack had really bad reflux so my husband ended up taking shifts so he'd take him downstairs and hold him upright for the whole night whilst I slept then I got up and like we kind of high-fived each other and he'd go off to bed um so (laughs) that's it yeah I'm going to get some sleep now so it not kind of conforming to how you think it's gonna go it 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 basically smacked me in the face yeah and And it could be incredibly tough because there will be one one mum in your group who will have the angel child that does has read the book but I can guarantee you and I just especially the second time mum every baby has a thing every parent has something they are battling with you know with Matthew we were battling reflux but he slept like a dream whereas with Benjamin his sleep was up the wall but he didn't have reflux um you know there were every perfect parent has something going on and it's just whether they're talking about it so don't ever feel like you can't share this thing that you're struggling with because I guarantee there will be be other people struggling with the same thing yeah definitely and that's really really important because I'd sit around at baby sensory groups and it seemed like everyone was like smashing it they were like I remember this one woman that she sticks in my mind she had a pair of jeans on and now it was summertime and I thought and they were a proper pair of jeans they weren't like your stretchy ones from Asda that I've been wearing (laughs) five years later after giving birth there are a pop of hairy jeans I thought how have you got packing your jeans so quickly she had like a full face of makeup hair you could tell her hair had been in rollers she looked beautiful and her baby looked beautiful immaculate and I was there like sweaty stretchy jeans um baby sick for sure I could that yeah, was my that was, I was yeah. wearing <laughs> you never forget the smell of babysit you walk past the mummy you're like oh I know what that smell is <laughs> and I just remember thinking how have they got their stuff together how 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 are they making it seem like and they made it seem like everything was perfect but I don't think a lot of people are very honest mm-hmm. when something isn't or if they are struggling with something so uh, being honest about how you're feeling I think is so powerful because what you'll find is someone sitting next to you go oh I'm glad you said that because actually I'm finding that tough as well yeah and like every time I've talked about my struggles with my mental health I've always had a message of I thought I was the only one and that's a lot of the work I do with sling library is yes I'm helping people with slings (coughs) but I'm also letting people know it's okay to to have struggles and to talk about them and a lot of what I do is signposting oh have you tried talking to here or here's a group or um and things like that and there's a, a sort of bit in a local area I'm really um keen to to sort of spread the word of the support that is available yeah but just making sure it's okay for people to say it ain't perfect yeah 
absolutely and that's oh it's so powerful to if you can make someone one even one person feel like they're not alone or that there's hope out there to be like yeah I do I am struggling and actually I feel safe enough now to go and approach someone or something and say I'm struggling with this can you help just knowing that there is things and people out there is really comforting I think so that's like just be able to say to a parent your child is normal yes you know, the parent that says my baby doesn't want to be put down my baby wants to be held all the time your baby is normal and that can be just really empowering for the parents to realize it's not something that they are doing wrong Absolutely. because they you know we're still fighting a generation of you know um <coughs> sorry our parents and grandparents who are perhaps of the generation where you did always put your baby down and you're making a rod for your own back and you're setting yourself up for problems and we're still battling that as as parents now if you've got all the information at our fingertips supposedly we're still battling often our our own nearest and dearest family of how we're going to look after our own child yeah um which is really tricky sometimes it is especially if you've got that kind of almost like the pressure if you've got you know those loved ones around you that are kind of you know making comments and because those comments can just make you feel really bad and it can make you feel like I remember and like obviously it comes from a place of love but I remember just like the smallest comment I remember like when I started weaning Jack and there was a comment about what I should or shouldn't be giving him and I it really got my back up and I was like my baby so I'm going to give him what I think is best for him or I'm not going to give him that because I don't think that's good for him and those kind of things like they're trying to be helpful but and I don't think they realize they're doing it but things like that can stay with you can't they for a really long time and kind of add on to your mental health because your mental health when you have a baby so susceptible to decline isn't it because what your body's gone through first and foremost all of your hormones and like you say it's such a big transition and it can be tough it can be tough to kind of be strong enough to kind of stick to your thoughts and your feelings um and it not make it into more of a generational thing and kind of carry that on I guess yeah I mean I was really fortunate in a sense that I was an older mom I had Matthew when I was 39 and I was 43 when I had Benjamin so my parents were like you were grown up <laughs> you can make your decisions and I had a really supportive health visitor as well who again said you know what you're doing unless something's actively harmful or dangerous I'm not going to interfere but I'm here if you want the support um, <clears throat> so really really fortunate in that sense as well because you know there are amazing health visitors out there but unfortunately there are also ones that will end up not being supportive so yeah we're really lucky with Carmel shout out to Carmel <laughs> oh nice one Carmel <laughs> brilliant so you've had Matthew struggled with reflux actually slept really well brilliant and then along comes Benjamin so tell me tell us what it was like second time mum yeah so we've got there's a four-year gap between the boys and when we were discussing having another baby my husband said but this one might not sleep and I made the assumption that because we'd be doing exactly the same thing with both children that sleep would be exactly the same so the first few months were fairly similar you know, Benji would have a feed, 
go back to sleep relatively quickly. But after about three months, he decided that um, he wanted to feed constantly. He didn't want to go back in his bedside cot. He wanted to go sleep. And um, for a few months, that was absolutely fine. But then the daytime sleep got erratic. He was getting grumpy. And nighttime sleep was ending up being it felt like it was constant wakes and resettling and um with um with Matthew my husband was able you know if Matthew did stir in the night my husband would be able to sleep through but Benjamin somehow his cry was different and my husband would wake up he's got a very responsible job and he'd end up having to go and sleep in the spare room because he just couldn't handle the the, the constant wakes um, so yeah, it was a very different experience uh, second time round. Okay. The sleep. Okay. So as I said, it came as a bit of a shock because I assumed that everything would be the same. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and I hear it so many times with families I work with. They're like, "What's what happened to the second child? Is it like some people call it like a second child syndrome? It's just every baby is so different. You could have a set of twins." identical twins and they are different in every single way you can imagine um brothers sisters every every child is so different and I'm like I know it and it can be a bit of a shock because like so many people say to me had I had my second child first I wouldn't have had another child (laughs) (laughs) I'm like oh I'm glad they came second then (laughs) but um yeah it, it, it can be really really hard can't it yeah, and it was, and it was, you know, having to deal with the guilt around what I being fair to Matthew and making sure Matthew had enough time. I was running um, two businesses. I was um, trying to wear lots of hats, as we often do, as, as particularly second-time parents. Um, and it was just really, really getting a struggle and really getting me down. And it's always, I always say to people, it's never just about sleep. It's about the ripple effect that it has across the whole household so to your other children to your partner to where you live to your business to you to your work and it's it's not just about oh I'm just tired like when a mum says they're tired it's so much more than just I'm a little bit tired your brain is tired your body is tired you're emotionally tired it's like being on call 24 7 it is and I think as society well, a lot of things with mums, you feel like you can't complain because everybody will say, well, you wanted to be a mum. And it's like, it's sudden, it's your fault you're tired because, yeah. But they still expect you to do everything as if you don't have a young child. Um, you know, you've got an appointment at nine o'clock, you need to be on time. <laughs> well, that's that's fun. <laughs> I mean, I've, I have admittedly gone, I've done the nursery run in my pyjamas before because I've only just managed to get up, so... Yeah, I've seen a few minutes up the road, so it's fine, but yeah, <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> so Benjamin came along, sleep was bad. So tell us what 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 ended up happening with that. So yeah, I I did the usual thing of Googling things, of looking at things online, of getting, you know, downloading an ebook, which turned out to be like three bits of paper, and just nothing seemed to fit with what I was seeing. It was all very, the advice I was getting was always very, oh, don't do anything. It's totally natural. Um, you know, go with your instincts and basically just don't expect to sleep. 
or they must be regimented, they must be doing this, this, this and this. And I thought that any sort of working on Benji's sleep would involve weaning off breastfeeding, would involve crying, lots of crying, lots of, you know, discomfort for Benji, a lot of discomfort for us. And I didn't want to be in that space. Now, fortunately, um, I looked at a few people who dealt with sleep and I found it really useful to sort of dip into what they were saying and their sort of attitudes and how they come across. And I found a, a sleep consultant who I gelled with, who I thought, yeah, I get that. And getting the right balance for us as, as well as for, for Benji is something that sat well with me as a parent and as a mum. And uh, fortunately, I was able to work with that person and Benji's sleep is 95% better than it was. It's amazing. It was life yeah, it was life changing and yeah. it wasn't easy. And no, you do and buy, in, buy in from the people around you to make it work. And it is work. It's not waving magic wand. No. Um, but you know, just really finding someone that you you get there where they're, where they're coming from because there's there's so much variation out there. Definitely. And it wasn't me, guys. It wasn't actually me that we've worked with. But we are all I didn't I didn't tell you at the time. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is it's so important because gelling with somebody is really important. You're putting your trust and your the health and well-being of your child in somebody else's hands. And so it's a really good idea to basically go out there and shop around. There is so many people out there within my space um and it's all about finding the right person a lot of my work I do is kind of undoing other people's bad work because like any profession there's good ones there's not so good ones so scoping them out really knowing what what where they're coming from what they're like what they're like as a mother what they're like um getting reading testimonials from previous clients they've worked with doing your homework and doing your research is absolutely is key absolute key and I think the biggest thing I always say to families is it needs to be personalized to the child because like you said you downloaded a three-page ebook and something was either very regimented or at the other end of the scale like I'll just go with how you feel Okay, well, I feel like going away and spending a week in a hotel to get some sleep, but that isn't, you know, a long lasting solution. Um, it has to be personalised to the child. Whoever you work with needs to get to know you guys as a family, needs to get to know the child and work out what their needs are and what's going to work for their family. Um, and I just think that's really, really important because I see a lot of online courses. I'll just go and take an online course. Okay, but that's just for a generic child that's aged between six to nine months so what if my baby yeah. falls outside of that what what now it can be yeah. too generic too generic yeah. for me. Or, or too very narrowly focused on sleep and not looking at the bigger picture because I think it was there's as you said earlier there's often other things going on it's not just about sleep yeah definitely yeah. Definitely. And I guess that's really similar to you and what you do as well, um, because finding the right sling for the parent or showing them a different way to use what they've already got. It's, it has to be personalised, doesn't it? You can't just be like, oh, here you have a sling, use that. Like there's no there's not just one sling out there. 
there's so yeah. many different um and based on what the mother or father of the parent needs and what the what the baby needs that's something that you you go into depth about and really look at isn't it absolutely I mean if there was one best sling I would sell it but there there is no one one size fits all solution I've got slings that I particularly love mm. and I can I can look at a family and they'll give me a couple of sentences about why they've come to see me and I'll be like here's a few options that I could could work for you some parents will come in and say literally I want you to tell me which sling to buy and okay if that is where their headspace is of give me one option I will give them an option that hopefully will work for them I think because I've got so much kind of I've probably helped about a thousand parents now with slings I I can sort of narrow it down pretty quickly yeah but it could be that you know mum wants um to focus on a sling she can breastfeed in dad wants something a bit more sort of manly and rugged that's been very stereotypical but it's true um you know for going out walking the dogs um and it's just finding what's going to work for that family you know I can look at someone with a particular build I'll know generally what slings will fit that better yeah you know I'm getting a lot of people at the moment coming in with the same sling and having the same issues with it. It's a brand that does a lot of advertising and they come in pretty colors and pretty patterns. I can pretty much guarantee that I know it will be leopard print. Really? Says me with a leopard print dress on today. (laughs) And there's not many brands that do it. A lot of people buy it because it's leopard print. And they come in struggling with it and they say, I'm doing this wrong. And it's like, you're not doing it wrong but it's just not the right sling for you. I can normally help people with what they've got, but I can also be like, this is the best that we can get it. We can look at something else, but they try and sort of take people back to what they've got. Or you get the other extreme of people that have done all the research and they've come on, oh, this must be the best thing because it's most expensive. You know, a, a carrier can be around 200 pounds and they'll come in and they'll hate it. And I can make one change to it and they will love it. So yeah, it's um it's it's good fun when it works. Yeah. <laughs> when it works. Um, <laughs> and it's it's so satisfying when you do get pictures, even the same day you'll get a picture of their baby completely sparkle in the sling. Oh. It's it's amazing because they get to have those snuggles. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's got to be the best moment is a baby either smiling or just fast asleep in the sling it's amazing yeah oh lovely oh so you got some sleep help with Benjamin so just tell us how life was like after you'd got the help we got evenings back we were able to well I would say we we talked to each other more in the evening we both (laughs) tend to just go on the sofa but we're not constantly getting up and down to a screaming baby um I was in my husband's back in the bedroom with me whether that's a good thing or not (laughs) um but yeah we've got our evenings back um we are both far happier my husband's able to concentrate far more at work I said he he used to have to go to the spare room to make sure he got the sleep to be able to concentrate at work but he can concentrate um I'm certainly a lot more present for Matthew Mm. I think because I'm not bending him off saying oh mum's too tired for that um so yeah it's it has been life-changing you know Benji 
is now at this stage where he'll be, you know, he'll read his books at night. And then when he's ready for bed, he just points at the cop. <laughs> and that will be him. And it's like, it's, he's, he's a lot happier as well. He was really struggling with settling at nursery. And we kept putting it down to he's got a cold. Nobody prepares you for the fact that a child who's in nursery will permanently have cold. <laughs> um, that's why we thought he wasn't settling. But actually, once we got the sleep sorted, he was like a different child at nursery. Whereas yeah. before, he would be grumpy on and off all day. Now, he's grumpy for about 30 seconds. And they said to me when I dropped him off this morning, as soon as he can't see you anymore, he's absolutely fine. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Thanks, kid. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it made a massive difference because I was sort of getting ready to go back to work and I was like, oh, what am I doing? But actually, now that he sleeps, it's it's livable. You know, yeah. I don't think any parent will ever say, oh, I, I'm, I'm full up on sleep. I think there's always <laughs> going to be something that takes you away from your sleep. You know, I always say I'm going to have an early night and then don't go to bed till 11, half 11. And I think... Yeah, uh, yeah, no parent will ever say I've totally had enough sleep, but I can't blame Benji for that. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's talk now about social media, because when we were yeah. having a chat before um, and about how basically it's more difficult, we think now for parents to um, feel like they're not having to try to live up two things that they see on social media um and the distortion between reality and what you might see on an instagram story or an instagram post yeah i think um it's always looking at things through rose tinted glasses that we've really got to protect ourselves on social media who are we following you know who we're looking at why are we looking at people you know though it's vicious out there particularly you look at celebrities as soon as they admit to having any sort of struggle with parenthood you get all the people giving really well-meaning advice and you get all the people just completely slating them and it's heartbreaking and it's horrible to watch I think as as parents we should be building each other up not tearing each other down but we know that social media thrives on interaction thrives on it and you sometimes think are people projecting a certain image either because they want to show how amazing everything is and how wonderful it is or are they projecting something because they actually want to get that interaction <laughs> so in terms of celebrities out there it's just being really cautious of where's this person coming from with this um and I personally don't follow any celebrities on Instagram because I don't want to get caught up in that kind of that kind of thing I mean when it's people you know on Instagram how often do you see your friend, see them in real life and think, that's not what they looked like yesterday. <laughs> so, <laughs> as parents, we're still heaping expectation on ourselves that we are going to have the perfect life, that we are going to have the latest buggy and we're going to have this and that and the other. And actually, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not reality. And I think I've probably, especially second time, I really cut down on my social media in terms of... Um, I'm not looking at other people and comparing myself to them. I'm not thinking, oh, look at them. They take their kids to five classes a week. I had a friend who was out every day. She went to a class every day. And she said, 
it's the only way for me to get out of bed in the morning. Oh, that's interesting. So for her, you know, looked on, on Instagram like she was having the time of her life and look how sociable she was and she's going to all these classes, but it was the only thing getting, literally the only thing getting out of bed was she needed to have something in her diary. You know, I had another friend who had the most immaculate nursery you've ever seen, looked like something out of a magazine. And she said, but we're never in it because he won't sleep in it. <laughs> um, you know, and behind every picture, there's the story you don't see. And having been, you know, I, I lost the pregnancy at 20 weeks. So I've been through that whole, you know, building up on social media. And oh, it's so exciting I'm pregnant. And then having to be like, actually, um, I've lost the baby. So it from that point of view, I get... I get scared about people that are playing out their pregnancies on on social media and I think again for those of us who are expecting a baby that pressure could be really really tough and you also I mean social media is a business it's not it, the companies are not there for our benefit um you know as much as you know as, as someone that runs a business absolutely I use social media but um remembering that, that these social medias are out there to make money. And as soon as you mention something, you will start getting bombarded with the adverts. Um, which is well, why I so many- just think something. I find like, if I just think something in my head now, I'm like, how does it know what I'm thinking? Things yeah. will start popping up. Scary. Yeah. So I think people are getting a bit more savvy around social media, but I think you've really just got to protect yourself and think, why am I following this person? Or, yeah. you know, why? constantly checking on what my friends are doing you want to check in with your friends use whatsapp or use something that's direct that you can actually communicate with each other rather than broadcasting a message to the world uh, which yeah. you know loads of useful stuff but there's also loads of stuff that can actually be quite damaging so just being really cautious as a parent yeah. and knowing where to go for genuine support what, what's evidence-based what's not biased what's not sponsored you know what's not gifted um yeah you know a lot of people I mean I was gifted a carrier that was it retails for 200 pounds I don't like it <laughs> but I have to be honest with that and I if, if I do a video about it I'll say it was gifted and this is the answer but I think a lot of people will be gifted stuff and it's not you know they're not going to be giving honest honest feedback yeah so yeah I, I'm a bit conflicted about social media because I do use it for my business I think there's a lot of amazing information on there but it's just being quite discerning with it as a yeah, parent definitely and be like you say being mindful of who you follow like it, it, and if you do follow a celebrity follow one that is honest about their parenting or their parenting journey I saw something online like I follow um Molly May she was um on Love Island a couple of years ago and um she's recently had a baby um beautiful baby little girl and she had I think she'd gone away on holiday or it was like a work trip and she'd put this um picture up on her story of her cuddling her baby and she was like this baby's been an absolute dream slept through the night every single night and the hate she got for <laughs> and so I think people see it from two different points of view they're like um oh you know she's just cooing about her baby and the fact that 
she you know she's really happy that her baby's been sleeping through the night she's been getting some rest but there are other people that will read that and it will trigger something in them and probably baby whose baby she's who's aren't sleeping and they go oh what a way to make us all feel bad about ourselves that our baby's not sleeping lucky for you I bet you've got a nanny I bet you've got this and you've got that and I'm like oh she she's just cooing about her baby but I can see because when I saw it I thought people aren't going to be happy about that people aren't going to yeah. be happy about so there will be, be people that will bring you down because there's an element of jealousy to it as well um because I think people I've said it before some people equate being a good mother or parent to if their baby is sleeping or not sleeping if my baby's sleeping through that means I'm a good parent doesn't doesn't mean that <laughs> at all but I think again I think from society because when you when you've got a baby and you see someone in the street the first thing they say to you oh how are they sleeping they're sleeping through yet and it's like oh I'm fine by the way and yes my baby's fine by the way thank you very much um but it's like the one thing people want to know it's like this big secret subject they want to know how your baby's sleeping and if you did how did you do that because I want to know what the secret is um and it's like oh it's not it's not the it's not the be all and end all but when your baby isn't sleeping I can see how it is because it can consume you because you're always searching for what someone else is doing. Why why is your baby sleeping and mine isn't? Are you a better yeah. parent than me? Um, so be yeah, be mindful about who you follow on social media. Are they being honest? Have they woke up and said, guys, I've been up 10 times last night. My baby didn't sleep. Okay, brilliant. They're being real. Again, their baby's not sleeping. My baby's not sleeping. That's good kind of good for you but the celebrities or people that have got au pairs or nannies or cleaners and you see a shot of their house and there's no piles of washing and it's all sparkling that can really get you down because you're like my house isn't sparkling I've got washing on the go I've got ironing piles that probably won't get <laughs> I won't get round to until at least it's desperate and we've got no clothes left to wear um so it's yeah it's just about being just realizing that it isn't reality um and mm. that it's not everyone else out there is having a ball and finding it really easy because I don't think anyone just think yeah. just finds motherhood because everything's phasial so the newborn stage oh the newborn stage was hard oh the crawling stage was hard was crawling stage was hard because now I've got to think about what they're going to be pulling down oh the walking stage is hard because now they're running off and I've got to really keep an eye on them oh the talking yes, stage is hard every every time your child gets older brings with it a new phase and a new challenge so I feel like we can never sit there as a parent and go oh everything's easy now I've got it started <laughs> there's always going to start in school um yeah. my little boy had um a diagnosis last year of autism so for him his first year at school was really traumatic um and for me as a parent trying to figure out what's going on for him whereas he can get himself dressed he can get himself something to eat he can brush his teeth he can he's kind of um self-sufficient in that sense but actually he's having struggles in a different area of his life and will continue to do so as he gets older. So as our children get older, it's never it's never going to be plain sailing, is it? Yeah. And I think as parents, it's a, 
you know, in friendship groups or in sort of more social situations, it's about open questioning and it's about not assuming things and just as simple, how are things going for you rather than, oh, is everything, you know, or even is everything okay can be a bit like, well, no, why wouldn't it be? But just how are things going and just being really open to whatever answer that could be. Because when you're with your friends, it could be, yeah, everything's, you know, ticking on, everything's fine. Or it could be the, the floodgates can open. But I think just being a good friend and being like, you know, I'm here if you ever need to yeah. talk about anything. And sometimes in the swing library, we do end up taking that role of, do you know what? Nobody's actually asked about me. And it, uh, often with dads and partners, nobody's actually checked in with them. And, you know, they can sometimes feel excluded or feel like, I think we're increasingly recognizing that men can have men or, and partners, non-birthing partners will go through hormonal changes when a baby arrives, which blows my mind. I'm like, how on yeah. earth does that even happen? But it's really true. And, you know, men, uh, the dads and partners can end up with mental health implications from, from the new baby. And I, I think we're, we need to be recognizing that and, and sort of taking them into account as well, whereas it's often very mother-centric. Um, so just thinking a little bit wider, checking in with your friends that are new dads as well. Yeah. Um, really important. Absolutely, absolutely. And I came across um, a company, I went and did the um, the baby show a few weeks ago up in Birmingham, and I came across um, a company called Mantinatal. And it was um, born out of a dad basically going to antenatal classes and there not being any support or advice for dads um and so he set up this company that helps dads through pregnancy and the other side as well because the mental health side for dads and partners is massive and is affected so I will post a link to them as well to kind of signpost if anyone's listening that have got a partner or a dad themselves and might be trying to find some people out there that can support them with that and I know it can be hard to find so I will post that but yeah it's it's so important and being honest with our our friends or people within our space that have got babies just to say look I had I really really struggled I really struggled so hopefully to give them permission and for them to feel safe to say me too okay well, what's going on for you um a problem shared is a problem halved um and we are 2023 now so there's someone out there that can help you I just never yeah. want people to feel lost or that there's no hope anything to do with pregnancy parenting birth beyond there is always going to be someone or something out there that can help you so I just want people to feel like um there's a sense of hope that you yeah. you don't have to do it on your own now um with the again with social media it can be a blessing or the internet certainly you can connect with the whole world now so even if there's someone not in your immediate vicinity someone in the world that can definitely help you absolutely absolutely yeah okay all right Ruth thank you so much for joining me um so if people want to come to your sling library where is it 
So I run physical sling libraries on the Wirral, um, it's Wirral Sling Library, look it up on the usual social media channels, uh, where we've got uh, sessions where you can come for in-person support. And if you are not on the Wirral, always recommend that you do contact your local sling library. But I do also have an online Facebook group, which is called Baby Carrying Community UK. Um, you can pop on there. There's um, some really good videos in the guides about carrying your carrying your newborn so you don't end up with the dodgy slings um about uh, feeding in a sling and about carrying older babies as well because it's not just about newborns it's about carrying uh, babies up to toddlerhood and beyond as well so if you want sort of safe evidence-based non-biased information pop along to baby carrying uk at uh, baby carrying community uk i've changed the name i'm still getting my head around it <laughs> um and my, my business is called carrying connects and you're always welcome to, to drop me a message. I've got some great resources that can be really helpful. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me, Ruth. Um, and I oh. will speak to you soon. All right. Take care.